0: Welcome back to tonight's intermission report. Merrimack hosting University of Connecticut College Hockey Action here at J. Tom Lowell Rink in North Andover. And joining us here, it's Mike McMahon from the MAC Report. College Hockey News, uh, Neutralzone.net, and uh, what what else am I missing, Mike? <laughs> I think that's it. I think you got them all. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we're chatting here actually at the end of the first period. UConn with a two to nothing lead over Merrimack, and really those two goals within less than a minute of each other for the Huskies uh, that ended up uh, res- resulting in Merrimack coach Scott Bork making a goaltending change. Uh, your thoughts in that first period. Yeah, uh, well, rough start, obviously, uh, on a number of different levels. But
1: uh, I'm excited to kind of see what the goalie change does. I mean, Yuri Hudeman, we just haven't seen him play. He played opening night. I thought he played really well against UMass. Then he got hurt, was out for a while, and then he's come back. But he came back in a stretch where Zach Borgia was playing really, really well. So now it kind of gives him an opportunity to... Get back out there again, and and we'll see what he looks like. Because I thought he looked good the second half of the period that he played, and he looked really good the first thirty minutes he played against UMass. So uh, it's an opportunity for him, and not that you want to. I mean, it's only two nothing. You don't have it completely written the game off, but it's just it's a it's an opportunity to kind of see where he's at.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting too. I think watching this UConn team, uh, we were talking about it, and you know, they're almost like sneaky good in how how they are because you know it's not a team that's gonna. Uh, get into a track meet with you up and down the ice like, say, Boston College would do. Uh, but at the same time, they've got so much skill on this team. Mike Cavanaugh has recruited uh, a tremendous amount of skill here with nine uh, NHL draft picks and some guys that, you know, given the opportunity, can make a play.
1: Yeah, and, you know, Scott Borg was talking about this on Wednesday, too, when we did our midweek media with him. He said they, they recruit so many Eastern European players especially a lot of Czech players a lot of Russian players that it's not guys that anybody around here has heard of until they get here you know like unless they come over and they they play in the USHL first and really light the world on fire you know in one year in juniors if it's guys coming right over from Europe it's not the top players in the USHL the top players in prep school or national development program players that we all are going to know because we've we've heard about them since they were 15 or 16 years old so I, I think that is somewhat leads to them being sneaky good because a lot of their better players are those guys that we haven't heard of until they get here. You know, you see a guy come in and, and uh, who was the guy that they had a couple of years ago that was... Uh, he was a second-round pick. He was supposed to go to BU. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Was it Ruslan? But... Uh, I, I, I want to say Fedotenko, but that's the, the NHL player. Uh, well, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he was a really good player. He played one year in Youngstown in the USHL, was supposed to go to BU, ended up at UConn. Maxil Tunov. It wasn't even yeah. the Ruslan, it was Maxil Tunov. Uh, and, he, and he was great. He was great. And it, and it was just an example of a guy that we hadn't really heard about until he played college hockey because most of his development was all done overseas.
0: Yeah. We're talking with Mike McMahon, and uh, Mike, uh, thoughts on uh, what's going to happen here? I guess I guess with the uh, you know the Hockey East schedule, we know that they've already decided that it's going to be week to week, depending really on you know who can play and who can't. We've got three teams right now at this point that are on pause: Boston University, Maine, and Vermont, and you know uh, UMass Lowell, who's actually going to get to play again finally this weekend. Only has four games here. Uh, you got to have at least thirteen to get into the have a chance to make the NCAA tournament, If there is one, which is an- another question altogether, but uh, you know, wh- what are you hear- hearing? What's going to happen here, I guess, with regard to the schedule the rest of the year? Are they going to be able, you think, to get in the games that they want, and then what happens with the postseason? We're going to know
1: a lot in the next two weeks. I think the next two weeks are going to be critical to what the end of the season looks like. Uh, As you probably saw today when you were driving back on campus, kids are moving back in. They're moving back into their dorms, and that's not just happening at Merrimack. It's happening everywhere. It's happening at UConn, UNH, BC. I mean, all the kids are moving back into their dorms now for the second semester, and this is where... To me, it gets a little scary uh, because, for the most part, I mean, they weren't really playing college hockey with kids on the campuses. A lot of kids, a lot of schools went home at Thanksgiving, and, and didn't come back until now. They had kept them home through exams. So there may have been a week or two where there were kids on campus when you were trying to play games, but for the most part, it, it hasn't happened. They've been off campus. Uh, so with the whole student population back, now I think we, we run the risk of seeing a lot of teams maybe going on pause because of positive tests in their department or just at their school. Uh, so it's the next two weeks, I think, are going to be critical. Overall, I mean, the idea that Hockey East is taking with the schedules is the right thing to do, I think especially moving forward because you're not going to know who's going to be available week to week. Uh, as far as the playoffs go... Nobody seems to know anything uh, other than, like, like you said, they, they made the announcement that every team was going to be in the playoffs, which was the right decision. Uh, but after that, I, personally speaking, this is my own opinion, I'd be very surprised if they did anything at the Garden just because it's going to be too expensive, uh, unless the Garden tells them they can have the building for nothing. You know, I don't know why you'd, you'd rent that building if you can't sell tickets. Uh, so it would make sense that it would probably be done on, on campus somewhere. they're saying no right now. The NCAA is saying they want to move forward with their their traditional regional sites. I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up holding those on campus too uh, if we even get that far because again, it just makes sense. You're going to rent these arenas. And yeah, they're AHL-sized arenas, but why rent the arenas if you're not selling tickets or if you're selling
0: 500 tickets? Right. And Manchester, which was supposed to host this year, and it's four miles from my house, uh, they just announced the other day that they're out. They're not going to host this year. So one down, I guess. Three to go. We don't don't know what's going to happen with the other three, but they're already in a, in a position of having to find at least one one other regional host for the season.
1: I think the best idea for them to do at this point is go to just two eight team super regionals and uh, you could do one in bridgeport for the eastern teams you could do one in fargo for the western teams i was looking at it the other day every team would have to travel pretty far to get to loveland unless denver or cc or air force somehow gets their way in other than that i mean most of those minnesota schools in north dakota can obviously get to fargo pretty easily omaha can too Uh, all the eastern teams can drive to bridgeport so to me at this point you've got those two buildings locked up uh, they 've got the space to ho- to host eight teams. I-, I think you just go eight and eight in one in each building
0: so is the only concern with that the fact that you have eight teams worth of personnel moving in and out of that building, and you know can you do whatever deep cleaning or whatever you have to do and, you know, whatever protocols have to be followed to ensure that you're not going to suddenly have an outbreak at one of those regions and, and then everybody's affected.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I wouldn't need to know the specifics of the buildings, right? But hopefully if you're in a spot where – maybe teams would have to go into temporary locker rooms. I mean, maybe you're taking some open space somewhere and putting up pipe and drape and, and that becomes a locker room for a team for the weekend or something, something to that effect. I mean – I I know Bridgeport. I've been in Bridgeport before. I think they could make it work. It'd be tight, but I think they could make it work. There's enough hotels around that each team could be at a different hotel or two teams to a hotel or whatever it is. Uh, But it all depends on what the protocols are going to be. I think there was some stuff that came out yesterday about what the basketball protocols are going to be, and I can't see them doing anything different for hockey. So it's going to be different. They're hosting, I, I think... Those ga- I mean they're obviously hosting everything in Indianapolis. I think all sixty-four teams are being split up over like eight buildings. I think it is, which is about eight eight teams per. So you you could kind of make it work if you follow the same the same
0: idea. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. We appreciate it. Uh, A lot of stuff to talk about. I'm sure that we'll pick up on more of it as we go. Appreciate it. Uh, Folks, check out his work at themacreport.com. Also, College Hockey News and neutralzone.net. Thanks a lot, Mike. Talk to you again soon. Sounds good, thanks. All right, Mike McMahon's been our guest here. We'll be back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.